Hey everybody, this is Brad Bruce, and I'm here with Jace Marsiglia, and you're listening to the 5195 Podcast, episode number 10. We're in the double digits now, bro. Feels pretty good. Feels pretty good. Pretty good. That's an accomplishment. Definitely want to keep it fun. Yeah. I think we need to pick me up. A little bit. Last week was like talking through a dark cloud, (laughs) you know? It was interesting. Yeah. Um, I think maybe... How about we have some fun with some movies? I'm down with that. Okay. So I know like at the beginning of this whole thing, as kids, we were talking Raiders, E.T., Creep Show, Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. What else was kind of in that list? Let's not even go start naming them off, but let's just say like, you know, we'll pick like a couple more. Ones that lit kind of a fuse of some that, sort? Or that just kept it burning. You know what I mean? Like, sure. just, like you know. Um, if you ever felt it starting to wane and this one kind of lit the pilot again. Yeah, or yeah. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, I'm down with that, man. Um, you know, because it, it, it's funny because, like, again, you know, obviously, like you said, and we, we do gravitate more towards horror. We do. That's like our, that's our comfort zone. Yeah. Um, I think what's, what's cool about it is as we've gotten older... And we do have all these films under our belt. Mm-hmm. We have something in the horror uh, community that not many other genres have. And there are some, but not like this. And those are horror conventions. Yeah. You get to actually see and talk to the people that created and star in these films. Yes. That was super cool for me. Oh, me too. You know, because it's like, obviously, this is, it's not like I was the only one because you were as well, but huge George Romero fan. Yeah. I mean, huge. Like, it's, I I remember you came out one time and you were wearing a shirt Mm -hmm. of Romero. I was? Yeah. What was the shirt? I forget. Dad of the Dead. Yes. Yes. It was kind of green. Yeah. Yeah. That thing is like, couldn't have been more true yeah you know he for me was everything in film yeah like especially zombie film imagine if you will that the most frightening things on earth are about to come out of the darkness they will look surprisingly like your neighbors your friends your family this situation must be controlled before it's too late they are multiplying too rapidly now accept the fact that there's no escaping the awful consequences. We've got to survive. Somebody's got to survive. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Dawn of the dead. They must be destroyed on sight. There is nothing you can do to stop it. It's too late. It's coming to a theater near you. Dawn of the dead. Contains scenes of violence that may be considered shocking. No one under 17 will be admitted. Dawn of the Dead from United Film Distributing Company. He he embraced it, mm-hmm. but he did do other things. Oh, yeah. You know, like I'm a huge fan of Knight Riders. Oh, sure. Yeah. Dug it. I loved it. He's not a one-trick pony. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. And again, like us, his proclivities were more horror. Yeah. He branched out. He did. But he didn't make the same thing all the time. You know, yeah. he was even stuff like Martin, mm-hmm. you know, it's a vampire movie. 
Um, Season of the Witch. There's always Vanilla. He was all over the. And even place. further than that, found found out recently from reading the the Lee Carr. Oh, the making of Creep Show Two. Yeah, that he was doing like sports documentaries. Oh yeah, just little Pittsburgh. Yeah, things. Yeah, local know. stuff, but nevertheless, yes. Cutting his teeth on becoming a filmmaker. Yep. He, you know? He did a lot of stuff in conjunction with, uh, like, the local news and stuff. Uh, I know. I forget where I saw it. It might be the document, not the document of the dead, but the other documentary. I think it's called The Dead Will Rise. Okay. I want to say that's the documentary that came out in, like, 03 or 04 that was on the big Dawn of the Dead Anchor Bay. The black one. The fold out. The red. Yes. Yeah. And... If I'm not mistaken, I want to say they were doing stuff like Calgon commercials and stuff like that. Where they were shrinking them down. Yes. Yes. That was just, you know, uh, the latent image was his company. And um, just, they, yeah, they were kind of the jack of all trades in Pittsburgh, man. It was just like, if you want it done cheap and you want it done quick and you want it done good. Mm Mm-hmm. Go call the latent image. Those guys know their shit, you know. I thought thought it was funny because when I really was like face to name on the box was during DVD with commentary behind the scenes, special features. Oh, Anchor Bay like putting out special features. Yes. You know, and it was like, was actually, besides Fangoria, knew what he really looked like, but like his personality, who Mm. he was, Mm -hmm. discovering him on DVD. Yeah. He was... A thousand times cooler than I even thought. Yes. You know. And, and funny. Super funny. Guy was hilarious. And like a giant teddy bear. Oh, yeah. Sweet as could be. And it's like we're sitting here talking about him like we knew him. Now, we both have met him. Yes. And yes. you know, like me lucky enough working for a couple of online websites, mm. review websites, you know, I had a really cool opportunity to actually sit down with him like, mm. in a hotel room and just kind of like hang out and just talk. Yes. You know, it was just cool because during um during Survival of the Dead when it was coming out is when um this all happened. It was like 05. Yeah. Okay. And I took all of my information back to my office and just started making this article. Really spent some time on it, put it out there, and then some of his people had uh, seen it and they showed him and he reached out wow. again after we had talked you know he reached out and literally was just like because i was i was younger mm-hmm. but he just knew i cared like yeah. so many of his fans do mm-hmm. and he just was saying i want to thank you wow that something i've done means that much to you yes and so we were the first website that he gave us the teaser trailer for Survival of the Dead. Really? You got the play, exclusive? Yeah, to play at the top of the article. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. You know, and it was like so badass, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like the love and like admiration I had for him prior mm-hmm. intensified. Of course. You know, and it was just like everything Romero, you know, and it was just, it was so. Well, it's the antithesis of never meet your heroes. Not only was he nice, he was supportive. Of supportive. You. Yeah. So cool. And you know what? A lot of the horror community is like that. It's a very supportive group. I have a theory about that too. Okay. Because 
horror A is extremely hard work for very little reward. Critics have a field day with you. Yeah. They just, you know, if it's a horror movie, you fucking suck before you've even started. And people, it's like the only genre that people will vehemently oppose. Like, that's trash. Right. Horror movies are trash. I don't and so wa- easily. I don't watch trash. Yeah. So I feel like when you go to these conventions and you throw a handshake at a George Romero or a Jeffrey Combs or mm-hmm. a Kane Hodder, you go to these things and they thank you back. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's because they're always under a, a certain amount of criticism just for existing within that genre. Mm-hmm. So when you have a genre that gets so barbed by criticism, it's like, does it make you more appreciative of the people who really appreciate the work you put in? I'd say it does. Because, you know, I I know there's other conv- – like I always joke that you don't see a – convention for 50 shades of gray Mm -hmm. you don't see a police academy convention Mm -hmm. but there's other conventions that just take other pop culture things and just corral them yeah comic-con comic-con um we have one in michigan called astronomicon which is kind of a an amalgam yeah and granted horror conventions are pretty much the thing uh comic conventions being probably the only equal Mm -hmm. um but when it comes to pop culture I've been to conventions where you could meet people from like The Office. Yeah. Which is a huge show. I don't think anyone from The Office, they might say, hey, thanks. Thanks for coming by. You know, thanks for talking to me. I don't think that they appreciate, I'm not saying that they don't appreciate their fans. I'm sure they do. But I don't think anyone from The Office has ever dealt with what a Kane Hodder has dealt with mm-hmm. or a Sean Cunningham or a Betsy Palmer when mm-hmm. the critics literally gave her a home address out yeah, so that you could mail shitty letters to her. How, how dare you, you know, horror is so maligned mm-hmm. that I feel like conventions, horror conventions, they come out there because they know we get it. We get it, and we appreciate it, yeah. and we know how hard it is to make a horror film because even if we're not filmmakers, we read Fangoria, yeah, or we we you know clicked through the bonus features on a DVD or something, yeah. and we know that, and we also read reviews. Yeah. A lot of us do. Um, I've kind of tapered back on that because I nowadays I just don't want to know anything about a movie before I go in. Mm-hmm. I just find that better, um, but. Most of the time we'll read a review because I know me, uh, if I see a horror movie got like certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, I know I got to see it. I don't let critics steer my opinion, but again, horror movies are so easy to beat up on. So such easy prey (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that when critics unanimously like one. I'm like, well, damn. Because usually this is fish in a barrel for you guys. Yeah. I just figured you guys would have shat all over it. You yeah. Know? So when one, when critics all like a movie, I have one of two thoughts. Either it's going to fucking suck because they found something good in it, or it's got to be pretty fucking good because these people don't like horror. 
Yeah. Mostly, you know. I mean, I'm not going to go to Fangoria waiting to hear, you know, Michael Gingold or whatever. I'm like, oh, he's going to beat the shit out of this one. Yeah. No, he's a horror fan that works for a horror publication. So we're already in the same boat. Yeah. His opinion, cool as it is, I'm probably going to agree with you anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. But a Roger Ebert, a Richard Roper, yeah, you know, Pauline Kael, you know, the people who were doling out one stars and turkeys and, mm-hmm. you know, the Leonard Maltons out there who just, you know, what the hell was this? It was a waste of my time. When they like it, I perk up a little bit because yeah. I'm like, what was so good about this one to convert your opinion a little bit? You know, that turns my head. I've gotten to the point now just because I'm too old to give a shit. And don't really have the time to read or whatever and not really that interested i do like rotten tomatoes because i'll read a blurb i'm good with a blurb and a thumbs up or yeah. a three out of four whatever and even my my instagram page my personal instagram page i've been writing reviews for a while and i just post them i usually do star rating up to four that's how tv guide used to be it was either shit okay good or awesome i don't go to 10 because it's just like what is this okay mild okay great you know, yeah. it's just too wide a net. It's either shit, okay, good, or awesome, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. So I rate out of four. I don't expect anybody to use me as a template for an opinion. And I mostly use my Instagram as like a journal. It's just, this is kind of what I'm watching this week. Yeah. And this is what I thought revisiting it. So, and, and, and the stuff that you write on there, it, it, <clears throat> it isn't a critique. It's not. Uh, th- there's opinions. Sure. Your opinions. Because I've shat on a few. Yeah, but but I still don't look at it as critic-based. No? No, I don't. I look at it as just an honest explanation. Sure. Because the critics, they go for the throat. They do. And you're just being honest about this stuff. True. And that's the thing. I know critics, I'm not getting paid to put my review out there. Yeah. I, I don't have a, the, my word count is how many characters I, I'm allowed to go up to. So I'm not writing a column. Yeah. It's not going out to millions. Uh, but critics, it's fun to beat up a movie. Yeah. Writing a bad review, I'll even admit, is kind of fun because you're just taking it to the cleaners. Writing a good review is hard because you feel like you're fawning. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, this is so good. You should watch it. You know, yeah. I'd like to be able to tell you why it's good without spoiling. But if it's bad, I still try to find something positive to say. So, you know what I'm, you know, I'm not just dismissing the movie. I did watch it. You did recently with the, the Fog remake. Oh, good point. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, if every April 21st, I watch The Fog. A solitary woman on a deserted beach. In an unprotected lighthouse. A helpless child alone in the dark in an isolated cottage. Two innocent people about to encounter the fog. From the creator of Halloween, a study in unrelenting terror. John Carpenter's The Fog. Rated R. Just because that's that's the date of the crashing of the Elizabeth date. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm such a fog fan. And that goes that goes into our topic about Movies that kind of lit up another fire other than the ones we talked about in episode one. Just kept stoking it. Yeah. Uh, The Fog's one of them. Yeah. I I love The Fog. I think it's one of John Carpenter's best movies. I actually like it more than Halloween. (laughs) And I love Halloween. 
Like I'm a diehard Halloween. Okay. But something about the fog, something about the water, the uh, the coastal area, the the ghosts. It feels like a campfire story, and there's something about it that creeps me out even more than Michael Myers. I get it. But everything from the score on up is perfect. I yeah. love the fog. So when I heard it was being remade back in 2005, six, something, whatever, mm-hmm. I scoffed. I mean, this was during the the big remake parade of the mid 2000s. Yeah. So immediately I'm like, of course they're remaking the fucking fog, you know? And I'll admit the first time I saw it, I went into it like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Fuck you. And of course I walked out of the theater like, yeah, fucking assholes. This is stupid. <laughs> What I've been doing lately, these reviews, I'm not just writing based on what I remember. Even if it's a movie I didn't like, I really hated, I'm going to give it a fresh set of eyes. I'm going to go in with no opinion. And in this case, I watched The Fog like I always do every April 21st. And I was like, you know what? It's funny. This is OCD. I, I do reviews in groups of three because of Instagram's just their structure. Mm -hmm. It's boom, boom, boom. Everything's rows of three. So I, if I'm going to do a big retrospective, I'll try to find a way to make like say the Amityville horror series. Mm -hmm. There's eight core movies. I'm going to do the remake too, because it's nine now. So I've got three perfect rows of filling your slots. (laughs) So in this case, I'm like, okay, there's only two fog movies. What else do I do? And so I'm like, obviously I need to rewatch the, remake just to get a fresh take um and then i i think i threw other shit on there like i think i reviewed the waxwork records you did you know just just, and just the story that he tells at the beginning oh yeah that was that was a post and that made the six just the story of yeah the elizabeth dane elizabeth dane yeah so yeah like you said i i went into the fog remake with a new set of eyes. I think this was the first time I seen the unrated cut, even though I'd owned it for years. Because so I saw it at the theater. Mm-hmm. And I watched it. And going in with shitty expectations didn't really improve, but it didn't make me mad or let me down the mm-hmm. way it did the first time. So like you were saying, you told me, I think you were kind. You were being nice. Yeah. And I was like, kind of. But at the same time, I don't want to just kick a movie while it's down i looked for something positive this time i tried and what i came away from was basically selma blair i think she holds the movie together wonderfully yeah and it was more faithful to the original than i thought it was there's parts that are like oh they did do that scene oh they did say that line you know and it's like it's a semi-faithful remake it's just bland it's just it just exists. It's just kind of stupid. A lot of two thousands movies were though. They were, and it was just remaking something wasn't like because I've kind of resigned myself. We went through so many remakes. We're gonna get back to remakes in a minute because there's another movie I have to talk to you about <laughs> in this topic. Um, I started looking at remakes as not so much a cover version of a great song. But a game of telephone. If you oh, okay. if you heard a story and then it scared you 
or made you laugh, whatever. And then you processed the story and went and told someone else. You remade the story. It's still the same story. It's a little different because it's with your interpretation of it now. Yeah, your perspective. And I just started looking at remakes that way as someone else is telling me a story I already heard. Just the way they processed it. And it kind of made me a little fairer on remakes. I still don't particularly like them. But I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, if I look at it that way, it keeps me from bitching. Because, yeah, it's just a game of telephone. It's that someone- is a really clever way to think about it. And I, I never would have thought about it like that. It's it's my only way to rationalize watching a remake. Yeah. Especially to a movie that I love. Because to me, a movie that you love so much, like Jaws or The Fog or mm-hmm. Creep Show, it becomes untouchable. Yeah. You're like, I don't want anyone to fuck with this sacred thing. Mm-hmm. So, of course, when the remakes were being churned out like crazy... I started looking at the ones that haven't been remade, and I'm like, oh, God, it's going to happen. Going to happen. Yeah. You know, they're remaking Halloween, so that means somebody out there is going, what else did John Carpenter do? You know, and it's just, you dread it. And I'm like, fuck. And I'd go in, and to be honest, I wasn't giving them a fair shake because I'm already guarded. Like, they're going to shit on my childhood. Yeah. This is going to be fucking terrible. So I, I, I just kind of convinced myself that it's like, you know, Johnny Cash remaking Nine Inch Nails. You remember Hurt? Amazing. It doesn't make the old version disappear. Right. It's not replacing it. It's still there. And if you'd rather watch that one or hear that version, go ahead. But, me, for me? Yeah. I'd rather hear that one. Johnny's? Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. Me too. But I mean, it's one of those deals where if you look at it like a cover song or just someone else telling you the story, yeah, it seems a little bit more fair. Yeah. I think you go in with a different expectation. Not as harsh. Right. Not as how dare you. Yeah. Whereas, don't get me wrong, there's been some I've revisited with that mindset and I'm still like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. You fucking suck. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm, it doesn't completely wash, you know, the opinion away. Um, sometimes I've gone into ones that I thought were okay and they don't hold up even that good anymore. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it winds up being the story where when you go to tell someone else, you're just like, they just, they, they fucked it up. They didn't yeah. tell it right. You know what I mean? They just didn't tell it right. Yeah. So that's my take on remakes. And, you know, just to come back to it, yeah, The Fog is a movie that when I'm kind of, it's chicken soup. If I'm depressed, I can put on The Fog and I'm in Antonio Bay. I'm I'm up in the lighthouse and I'm by the water and I'm just, oh, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a warm bath and I, I chill immediately. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm so chill. And it makes me kind of want to go, I should go get a pen and paper. This is giving me an idea. You know, I can always go to that well. Yeah. So yeah, the fog is one of mine that it, it's it's another pilot that yeah. I can light. You know, obviously Creepshow, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T. and Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Those were the one. The, those are the furnace. Mm-hmm. That's what built it. Um, the fog is another pilot light. Yeah. You know, that's one of mine. That's cool. Like another one for me because it is just 
so good and it's it's a it's a very different um film than uh, et and uh dawn of the dead and that's the lost boys in california you'll find fun romance and vampires The Lost Boys. Rated R starts Friday, July thirty first. Oh yeah, you know, and yeah. it's like because I'm getting back into comic books. Yes, it's rock and roll. Yeah. It's like badass dudes, you know what I mean? It's I mean, like, seriously, it's like if White Snake were a bunch of vampires. Yeah. You know real. what I mean? It's yeah. it's the big hair. Yeah. You know, there's this this the Def Leopard vibe, you yeah. know. Yeah. And it's it's they're on bikes. They're all bikers, you know. Yeah. And, um yeah, I could totally see that. It's fun. Mhm. Um and it's also dark. Yeah, very. You know, and, but it, it's it's it gets the creative energy going as well. Yeah, yeah. This is the kind of shit I want to make. You know, yeah. These kind of movies, like, so there are like like pin in a board. Okay, there's this one. Yeah, this is like the recipe if for I who can, I want to be. If you I know? can achieve that feeling, good. Yeah, you know, there there are so many '80s movies, and there are good ones, and there's bad ones. Mm -hmm. But then there's like standout ones. You know, yeah. like. Another one, I guess, which is like, you know, it's PG-13. Why? I don't fucking know. But Poltergeist. Don't adjust the television set. Your reception's fine. But in their new suburban home, the Freeling family has tuned into something beyond our world. Poltergeist. You'll never look at your television set the same way again. That's PG. Oh, it's PG. Two years prior to PG-13, and for some reason, didn't get anyone's panties in a twist. And to me, Gremlins and Indiana Jones and the Temple, we mentioned a couple episodes back, those are the two movies that people kind of freaked out about yeah. and spurned the PG-13 I think Poltergeist is arguably scarier than both of them. Poltergeist is hands a down terrifying. Hands down, movie. Yeah. to me, that's up there with Jaws, which is yeah. also PG, where its intensity alone should make it worse. You know, Dawn of the Dead. It was you're thrown into this world, mm -hmm. and you're like in this mall, and you're trying to survive. And with Poltergeist, I didn't feel safe. Because it was at home. It's in your bedroom. It's in your closet. It's in your television. Uh huh. Uh, there's no, no escaping escape. poltergeist. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know. And it's like. And it's also. It's like when you when you add all that together with those images. Mm -hmm. It's it's absolutely terrifying. It is. I mean, and of course we're gonna do the in the sink. Oh yeah. We're you know, just, and it's just, like, so uh, now I'm even I'm even more blown away because I would automatically just assume oh it's a PG thirteen. No. It should be an R. Probably. It should, just with that gore alone. The gore. I can't be the, I cannot believe that the, like the MPAA said, yeah, this, this is a PG. The only reason I think is because of Spielberg's involvement 
if Spielberg wasn't a producer and wasn't the golden calf cinema at that time, I think they would have dragged Toby Hooper across the rails. I yeah, really probably right. So he almost got a pass. I feel like he got a pass because everyone was like, Spielberg's involved. It's okay. It's okay. Spielberg doesn't make bad things. He's not scary. That's Be- intense. That's a theory. Yeah. You know, but yeah. because Toby, every other movie he did was dragged across the ratings board. Didn't matter how innocuous. I mean, granted, like Invaders from Mars, that's a PG-13, but it just is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can't watch that one and go, yeah, boy, the ratings board must have really hated Louise Fletcher gobbling a f- fucking frog. You yeah. Know? No, but movies, Texas Chainsaw 2, which is obviously going to be R, mm-hmm. had to be trimmed. You know, uh, Life Force, what the fuck are you doing? It's got to be trimmed. You know, it's just Toby couldn't catch a break because he came in with a built-in notoriety because of a movie he made in 74. You know what I mean? So if you're the guy who did Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'm going to take an extra special look at you, even though that movie is arguably not very graphic. You know, it's notoriously not graphic. So Poltergeist, I'm like, yeah, you've got Spielberg's name attached. We're not even going to watch it. We trust you. Yeah. We yeah. trust you. He's he's a producer. He's steering the ship. He's not going to let you go crazy. But the thing is, he went crazy. Right. Poltergeist is a fucking night. It makes my hair stand straight up when the little boy, Carol Ann's brother, when he comes in from outside after being eaten, for lack of a better term, by the tree. <sighs> yeah. He comes in covered in blood, scratches, I don't know. He's he's covered in all kinds yeah. of shit. The way he starts screaming for his mother. Oh yeah. When he hears Caroline in the TV, it doesn't sound like a kid acting. It's like your 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 hunches go up. Yeah. You're like this kid is fucking terrified. Why? And where is she? Holy shit. And like the mom almost has to slap him just to get him to talk, you know, cuz he's in hysterics. Mm-hmm. And it is just it's one of those movies that's just, it's so uncompromisingly scary, you know? And uh, no, I 100% agree with you on that. It's fantastic. I it think is. it's fantastic. I do too. Yeah, I really do. I do too. Another one for me, this one kind of comes with a story. I I don't remember if I told you this one or not. This one's kind of funny. When I saw Creep Show, I told my dad, Brent, whatever scared you as a kid. Yeah. Because now I had balls. I was like, I made it through my first big horror movie, and I fucking loved it. Yeah. And I could just, I could tackle the world now. I can watch them all. I said, Dad, go rent the scariest movie you've ever seen. And he goes, I can't do that. Scariest movie I've ever seen was The Exorcist, and you're not ready. So I went, okay, well, what scared you when you were a kid, when you were my age? He goes, that I can do. So he goes out, rents Frankenstein. Uncontrolled hysteria. 
the innocence of children. This is the story you've heard about, talked about. The spine-tingling, blood-chilling story that stuns your emotions. Frankenstein. Don't Nineteen thirty-one. Mm-hmm. It's his childhood horror movies. Yeah, and I liked it, but I can't. I can't say that I wasn't disappointed. I'm like, you went and got a black and white movie. You know what I mean? I was that dumb kid who was <laughs> like, you went and got something old and cheesy when I asked you to get something scary and color, maybe. Yeah, you know. And I watched it, and I thought it was pretty cool. I, I did enjoy it. But the the entire time, I'm like, why did this scare you? Why was this creepy? It's just, to me, it's, by the time we were kids in the 80s, the image of Karloff, the square head, the bolts, was everywhere. It's practically a, on birthday cards. So it wasn't scary to me because it was everywhere. Yeah. You know, everyone was doing a Bela Lugosi, Dracula, Everyone had a Hungarian accent. Mm-hmm. He's the blueprint. So it was so ingrained in pop culture. And I mean, we were even eating Frankenberry cereal. You know, yeah. it was just, I was kind of like, oh, okay, you know. And I dug it, but then it got to a point at the end during the finale in the windmill where uh, Karloff takes a couple steps and then the fire brings like a beam down on him. And it's filmed sped up. And the first thing that popped into my head, Benny Hill. <laughs> I swear to God. Because Benny Hill, you know, all the chases were like sped up. And yeah. it was just that sax. And it was literally a millisecond of the movie that did that. And it caught me off guard. And I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. I thought it was absurdly hilarious. My dad was like, he was so disappointed. And I'm sure hurt because he was sharing something with me. And I laughed it out of the VCR. And then when it was done, I added salt to the open wound and I said, Dad, next time rent something scary. And he could have just been like, no, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, no, you shit on what I, you know, fuck. And, and I'm not sure I wouldn't do that to my kids, which, which is funny because I feel like this day and age, I could show him Saw and he'd be like, really? <laughs> you know, and it's like, that's super graphic. Why yeah. Are, you know? But yeah, at the time I said, dad, just next time get something scary. And he went, okay. Week later, Friday, movie night, pizza night, you know, just like you. And my dad, the foyer in our old, my childhood house, you'd walk in and there was the steps up to the living room and then the steps to the basement. Okay. What he would do is he'd get home, hang up his keys on the key rack and then put the movies on the first step downstairs come up and take a shower or whatever because he worked at a plant i ran downstairs i gotta see what he got what is this the thing
it's so nondescript. I'm like, you rented something called The Thing. <laughs> and I bit my lip, but I'm like, well, you know what? You know, I'm kind of flipping the the case over, the little rental case. Mm-hmm. Rated R. Okay. So there's that. It's probably at least graphic. You know, it's probably a little closer to what I was talking about. Certainly not going to be black and white, you know. So I, I shut up. My dad comes out wordlessly, goes down, gets the tape. Me and my brother, my mom, we all go into the living room. And he goes, I got you something scary. And I said, okay. In the back of mind, I'm thinking, it's so scary, there's no name for it. It's just the thing. You know. <laughs> and as most of you know who have seen the thing, shit hits the fan quick in the dog kennel. Everyone knows the fucking dog kennel scene. When it got to that moment... My jaw dropped because these, I've never seen anything like this dog pulling itself apart, morphing, growing spider legs. I mean, the effects in that movie, that scene are like, Jesus fucking Christ, what is going on? Yeah. Like, I felt like I, I, I felt like I was on a train that was jumping tracks. I'm like, I have no control over what's happening. My brother, Justin shot out of the room like a bullet yeah he was done my mom who i'm pretty sure had seen it i want to say he told me later on that they saw it at the theater she must have just forgot as soon as it happened she was just kind of like yeah i'm good she got up and walked out it was the dad looked at me and he goes you want to keep going and he totally earned it 100 definitely you, you earned it man and he just he gave me that really condescending look like i could shut it off is it too scary? Too scary for you? And instead, I looked at him and I went, no. I was like, this is scary, but I like this. Yeah. I was like, this is terrifying. This yeah. is, I said, dad, this is what I wanted. And he was like, okay. And my mom was just like, well, if you guys finish it, go finish it in our bedroom so me and Justin can watch something else. Yeah. You know? So we went into his room and we just sat on it, you know, kicked back on his bed and watched it on his little, you know, he had a smaller TV in the bedroom. And I loved it. Beginning to end, it was like the, one of the most intense, grotesque, fucked up movies I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get enough of it. I was like, I even told him, can we watch it again? He was like, no. <laughs> Rewind it. Let's go. You know. Because my dad, when it comes to movies, he doesn't even understand why people collect them. To him, it's like, you've seen it. Move on. You know, why would you watch something over and over? You know, that's kind of his attitude about it. So, yeah, I was like, let's watch it again. And yeah. it's just, I'm, I'm one of those, I'll get off the roller coaster and be like, I'm going to get back in line. Yeah. You know, nope. He's just like, no. But he goes, so that's what you, that's what you're looking for, huh? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, more like that, please. You know, and he did, he took it to heart. He would, you know, eventually he was renting stuff like, uh, 1988's The Blob, um, which is amazing. Yeah. The Fly. Um, I remember us going through the first three aliens okay. at one yeah. point. So, yeah, he made good on his word and he catered. But that was a lesson well learned. Yeah. And I, it's a story that goes around our family. It pops up once every 10 years or so. And we yeah. all get, get a good laugh funny. out of it. Yeah. But it's just that the thing was one where, like Creepshow... I could feel my creative molecules just unhinging and reforming. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. What can I do with this knowledge now? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
just happens to have been another Carpenter film, of course. Yeah, of course. But it was just, I'd never seen, and to be honest, since, I've never seen a movie that so viscerally horrified me with its effects. Monster yeah. effects in particular. Flawless. It was just so fucking That's cool. why I think another episode will definitely be practical versus CGI would be a good debate. That would be you know, cool. I think it would be. Yeah, I yeah. think it would be fun. Yep. Um so well, yeah, man. I mean, I think um I think it was another fun episode kind of sharing our experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with, with with movies that we fell in love with and just always fun to look back you know no, definitely uh, well. I, love, I love doing it well hopefully we can do the uh like the old cgi practical yeah you know debate on the next one because it is an old a, debate it is it is an old debate you know? but uh we've got a lot of examples that we can pull from pros and cons yeah no we definitely do well i'm looking forward to that one yeah buddy all right well until next time man until next time 10 right. down buddy i know it's crazy congratulations yeah that's pretty good we're in double digits we are we're yeah. big boys we're 10 we're 10 yay awesome we can start watching horror movies now yay you're right <laughs> all right man go borrow your brother's card <laughs> all right <laughs> all right until next time see you guys